and welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 6, Episode 6, The Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, we see an unexpected message of hope for Israel and a unification of the northern kingdom with Judah, even after Ephraim had been taken captive by Assyria a century earlier. Perhaps this message was intended for those few remnants left. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 3, look at verse 12 through 25. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt that you rebelled against the Lord your God and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree, and that you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you have multiplied and been fruitful in the the land in those days, declares the Lord, they shall no more say, The ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind or be remembered or missed. It shall not be made again. And at that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it, to the presence of the Lord in Jerusalem, and they shall no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. In those days the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers for an heritage. I said, How I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations, and I thought you would call me my father, and they would not turn from following me. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, So have you been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. A voice on the bare heights is heard, the weeping and pleading of Israel's sons, because they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Truly the hills are a delusion, the orgies on the mountains Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. But from our youth the shameful things has devoured all for which our fathers labored, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. Let us lie down in our shame and let our dishonor cover us. We have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers, from our youth even to this day, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Well, what we do know is sin is an act of infidelity against God. It is an act of unfaithfulness to the one we love. Now, we've already reviewed in chapter 3 that Israel and Judah had been unfaithful to God over a very long time. Judah, in the last episode, had been shown by God to be worse than the northern tribes of Israel. That must have stung very deeply. Not all of the good King Josiah's reforms were working and it would not take much for Judah to again behave worse than and be just as unfaithful as Israel had been. They still loved those idols. Judgment was coming, but God always invites his people back. 
God always invites us back. Let's look at verse 12. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Judah and Israel both had asked if God would keep his anger forever. God's anger with the nation was certainly justified, and we've gone through that. Judgment was certainly justified, but unlike the way humans think, God is faithful to his people even when they are unfaithful to him. Stephen Smith writes that God does not have the capacity not to love his people. So what do God's people need to do to come back to God? In this verse 12, we see the solution. Here it is, return or repent. If they turn from their faithlessness, God will forgive them. And therefore, he can no longer be angry with the one he has forgiven. We read in Psalm 103, verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, if, <laughs> if you return back to him. Verse 13 says, Only acknowledge your guilt, that you rebelled against the Lord your God, and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree, and that you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. So in verse 12, Israel is asked to return, and that return includes repentance, found in verse 13. Jesus, when he gave us the model prayer, said in verse 12 of Matthew 6, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But this is not just an acknowledgement of their sinful actions, as critical as that is, but action to change and respond faithfully to God, to throw away those idols and idolatrous worship, and to honor God. Once we acknowledge sin, there is some heart work to be done. Now, heart work is hard work, and Jeremiah spells that out in chapter 4 that we will look at in the next episode. And for homework, please read Jeremiah 4, 1 through 4. Verse 14 says, Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. I will take you one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. See, here we have again the request once more to return. Return to God, you faithless children. In this verse, God calls Israel both his children and a wife, as the term here, master, can be interpreted in Hebrew as husband. Now, the Hebrew word for master or husband here is the word Baal, which is the root word for the idol Baal or master. And historically, Israel followed Baal worship as their master instead of the husband being Yahweh. God said it didn't really matter who returned to him, even only one from a city or perhaps two from a family. A remnant he will bring back to Zion. Verse 15 says, And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
Returning to God means that God will also give them good shepherds. In other words, a good leadership that were called and used by God. Leaders like they once had in King David, who would lead the people in knowledge and understanding. But we see here that the reference is clearly messianic. In Acts 13.21, Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Verse 16 says, And when you have multiplied and been fruitful in the land in those days, declares the Lord, they shall no more say, The ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind or be remembered or missed. It shall not be made again. And at that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it to the presence of the Lord in Jerusalem, and they shall no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. Well, God here is looking well beyond Jeremiah's day, after when the people had returned to Israel, united, great in number, and very prosperous. The Ark of the Covenant will no longer be remembered or missed. The reason being is the Ark had symbolized God's presence, God's presence with the people. That symbology, or where he would be on the mercy seat of the Ark, will no longer be necessary because God himself will be present in their midst. In the new Jerusalem, of the new heaven, of the new earth to come. We read in Revelation 21:22, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon or shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Also, this was foretold in Isaiah 65:17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. All right, verse 18 says, In those days the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north to the land that I give your fathers for a heritage. You know, God announces that one day Israel and Judah will be reunited, and when they come back from the Babylon captivity, they are reunited in Jerusalem. But there's something more here. In Isaiah 11.10, In that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The jealousy of Ephraim shall depart, and those who harass Judah shall be cut off, and Ephraim shall not be jealous of Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. 
All right, verse 19 says, I said, how I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations. And I thought you would call me my father. It would not return from following me. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, so have you been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. You know, God wants his people to return back to him. But he's not going to relent from his disappointment with his people. We see here that God wants to bless his people with a pleasant land and a beautiful heritage greater than other nations. But the issue is stated again in verse 20. Israel had been a treacherous wife and unfaithful to God. F.B. Huey writes, Those who reject the Lord will never become what he alone can make them. In verse 21, A voice on the bare heights is heard, the weeping and pleading of Israel's sons because they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Now Jeremiah describes a scene where on a bare height, which is located for idol worship, there's weeping, there's pleading, it's coming from Israel's sons. Now it is not clear in this verse if they were pleading to God to help them or pleading to their idols and not God, either in confession of their perverted ways or pleading to idols because of their perverted ways, one of the two. It is because they were trusting in idols, then that is an example that they had forgotten God if they were trusting their idols to help them then. Verse 22 says, Return, O faithless sons, and I will heal your faithlessness. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Here's the key word in this verse once again, just like it was in verse 14. Return. Return to God, and God will heal their unfaithfulness and bring them back to him. Now also, the beginning of a positive response here, returning to God because he was their Lord God. So truly, if the weeping was before that they were confessing, then they're saying here in verse 23, truly the hills are a delusion. The orgies on the mountains, truly in the Lord our God, is the salvation of Israel. But from our youth, the shameful things has devoured all for which our fathers labored, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. Let us lie down in our shame and let us dishonor, let our dishonor cover us for we have sinned against the Lord our God and we and our fathers from our youth even to this day, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. So the confession began in verse 22 continues. We know God's wrath would fall on Judah, so this confession is most likely a superficial expression of repentance that was taking place during the reign of King Josiah and during his reforms, but it had no lasting effect. The omission was that the idol worship had been a deception, and salvation was found only in the Lord. This waste of resources in idol worship wasted time, money, flocks and herds, and even child sacrifice of sons and daughters. It appears to be a confession of responsibility for disobedience. If that would have continued to take place, then the rest of Jeremiah's ministry would have been unnecessary. We need to understand that true repentance includes admission of sin that we see in these verses, but more than that, a genuine turning away and abandonment of those things. We read in James 4.4, 4, You adulterous people, 
Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Well, in our next episode 7 in season 6, we'll be continuing to look now into Jeremiah chapter 4, where we will uh, look at the actions that God intends for those who truly repent and change, following the, by the, followed up by the details of the disaster and a punishment for the unrepentant nation. I hope you'll follow season six as we continue to follow the career of Jeremiah and the history around his ministry. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something encouraging and informative about God's Word. May God bless you this day.